The rundown starts now. This is the first in a very special season of programmes coming to you from Milan, where our roving Monocle 24 team is primed to follow all the developments of Design Week and keep you a step or two ahead of the chasing pack. I'm Robert Bounds, your host, and well, yes, your training partner for the day too. If you want to know the secret to a fast finish, stay tuned. Our Marcus Hippie, Helsinki's finest, is out and about in Milan, and we'll be crossing over to hear from him in just a moment. The pavements of Brera and Zona Tortono will be pounded by the design conscious during Salone del Mobile all week. But before the city wakes, they're for runners. Every day on the show, we'll reveal some of Milan's best-kept secrets for the discriminating runner, whether you're after a bracing couple of clicks or a rather more robust weekend workout. We'll stop off on the way for sustenance, of course, of the cultural and quaffable kind, and we'll meet plenty of the biggest names in design who'll be at Nike Space on Via Orobia to share some exclusive insights with the Rundown team. So get your sneakers on and get ready to hit the streets, see the sights and dabble with the design denizens of Salone. Get set for the Rundown here on Michael 24. Now to warm us up and take you through some pre-run stretches, it's over to our Monocle 24 outside broadcast team in Milan with today's big stories out of Salone. What's coming up? And a couple of very special guests. Marcus Hippie, over to you. Thank you, Rob, and welcome to Milan, everyone. We are here at Nike Space at Via Orobia, where Nike has collaborated with 10 designers who have been exploring a special theme, the nature of motion. This exhibition is something to be added to your list of places to check out during Salone. These 10 designers have come up with some of the most surprising interpretations of this theme, stretching from communal seating and a drum set to a vibrating light installation, an intelligent macro climatic chair and levitating blocks of aluminium, granite and polystyrene by designer names such as Martino Gamper, Lindsay Adelman and Clara von Zweigberg. We will hear from some of these designers during the course of this week, but let's first hear from John Hoke, Nike's Vice President of Global Design. I met him a moment ago to talk about why these kind of collaborations are important and why Nike wanted to come to Salone del Mobile. Let me start off by saying I personally have been to Salone for 15 years and it's been always a milestone, a moment in the year, a watershed event in the year that I get to come and see where, where the world is in regards to design and being an observer over the course of years began to open up an, a possibility or an opportunity for us to think about not just coming to observe, but coming to participate. And so that's how the nature of motion began five years ago when Mark Parker, our CEO and myself came and said, what if we came as a company and presented a discourse and created a dialogue with the designers of the world at the Salone and began to have a conversation about the way we feel mobility and natural motion and movement are important, not just for athletes, but important subjects and topics across the design spectrum. And what is interesting over here is that at your exhibition space, you've collaborated with designers who have been exploring the theme, that theme, the nature of motion, and we see amazing results, you know, ranging from a drum set into amazing chairs, 
into a light installation, just to mention a few examples. Looking at what you have over here now and also more generally for Nike, what kind of collaborations are you looking for? Yeah, I think, l let me speak to these collaborations first. Um, we were very interested in finding creative provocateurs, people who were going to come to Nike and were not just going to accept our brief, but be challenged by our brief, understand our principles and values as designers and as a creative culture, and then bring those to life through a provocative way so that together, Nike and our collaborators are finding new space, creating new ground, creating another dialogue. And I personally find that very interesting. And John, you've been working for Nike over 20 years. How much has it changed in the course of that time? It, it's changed a great deal, yeah. I, uh, I have worked for Nike over 20 years. I'll briefly tell you the story of how I got to Nike. If you Please do. Yeah. I'm not sure if you're aware of the story or not, but um, I began engaging with Nike at the age of 12 years old in the mid-70s. And... I was an athlete myself as a young boy, and I was also dyslexic, so I had a hard time in school. And what was amazing about athletics is it gave me confidence to, to basically be okay and to find ways to expand my confidence into other parts. And I always say, because I'm dyslexic, that my first language was actually drawing. That's my native tongue, is drawing. And using drawing and sketching to communicate. And so I sketched a shoe that I sent to Chairman Phil Knight at the time, putting an airbag under the foot. And this was in 1979. I showed it to my father, who was an engineer, and he said, that's kind of a cool idea. And I brought my orange box, and I said, I want to send it here. And so this is before the internet. We looked up the address. I sent the drawings out to Mr. Knight, and believe it or not, Nike wrote me back. So as a 12-year-old boy who's an athlete and had some struggles, that was a very important milestone in my life. They sent me a t-shirt and a pair of shoes, and basically said in the letter, when you get old enough, you should come work for us. So a part of my job is somewhat destiny, right? And, and that's why even today, when I get calls or thoughts from young kids, I try to encourage them to chase their dreams down because um, that's really important and finding that that confidence is in my mind is just a very having been at Nike now 20 years and moved from a, a designer one to now the the head of over 700 designers um, I've learned a thing or two it's changed a lot it's uh, at, at at one time more complex but you know the core of our company creativity innovation and design has never changed never wavered and as long as I'm with the company uh, and, uh, and others who follow and believe in this, this discourse, we will continue to use creativity as a moment of separation and distinction. That was John Hoke, Nike's Vice President of Global Design. I'll continue a bit later with more hot tips for this day at Salone, but now back to Robert Bound in the studio, who is going to take you through today's running route. We are headed for Parco Sempiore.
Thanks, Marcus. And we'll have more from our team at Salone del Mobile and in the Nike space at Via Orobia. Plus, who knows, maybe another guest or two later on in the show. But it is indeed time to stretch our legs now through Milan. If you're after a bracing morning workout to clear the head before an assault on the city fairgrounds, then Route 1 around Parco Sempione is the perfect place to start. This is ideal for runners who want to take in a few city landmarks while they circle the park. Sempione hosts the Renaissance-era Sforza Castle at one end, which opposite is the Arch of Peace, built during Napoleonic rule. Across the street is a tiny museum, the Fondazione Castiglione, that was once the office of one of Italy's most esteemed product designers. Achille Castiglione is famous for his arching arco floor lamp for Floss, one of the most popular pieces of 20th century design. Today, his studio-turned-exhibition space offers tours where visitors can learn first hand about his creative process and Giovanna Castiglione, Achille's daughter, showed us around. Okay, this is the prototype room where Achille worked a lot and uh, there was a lot of mess also today. It's, uh, there are a lot of mess and we are very happy because we continue to share stories regarding every single uh, project designed by Achille. And um, uh, Achille started uh, his activity in this studio in 1962 with his brother Pier Giacomo. You can find uh, technical drawings, uh, prototype, uh, sketches, uh, invoices, contract agreements, um, scale models, uh, photos, uh, photos in glass, photos in paper, and uh, with, uh, Achille left everything like this. So we are very happy because uh, we continue to find surprises and we continue to find material and information regarding each project. So in this room, you can see a lot of stuff, a lot of uh, items, a lot of uh, objects. And um, it's really nice to show uh, also objects where uh, Achille find inspiration. So there are a lot of anonymous objects or daily objects that he collected uh, during his life. Uh, this spoon is a uh, sleek, the name is Sleek, designed in 1962 by Achille and Pier Giacomo Castiglioni for uh, Mayonnaise Craft for uh, the American company and uh, they designed uh, a spoon very special. Uh, one part is uh, really useful to take uh, all mayonnaise. Another part is flat so you are sure to clean uh, all the jar. And there is also usually there is a, a big problem in a jar. You haven't your finger is not long enough to arrive in the corner in the bottom. So he designed also a little details to be sure to clean all the all the jar. And uh, also today it's really useful not only for mayonnaise but also for Nutella, yogurt, uh, jam, honey, whatever you want. So it's really useful. It's uh, just a piece of plastic but very, very cheap and uh, useful. Achille loves so much to solve a problem for every people and uh, this is why this, uh, this spoon is a good example to understand uh, the philosophy behind the Castiglione's uh, method. So uh, he designed every time something really useful to solve a problem and something very ethical uh, as well. So he don't want to design something cute, he don't want to design uh, the form. He said that uh, the form follow the function every time and it's it's really important to design something that every people can use in everyday life. So it's an everyday, like an everyday object, like a common object. 
and uh, he don't want to design something because uh, he was uh, a famous designer. He wants to design something for every people, democratic uh, object for everyone, not only designed by a famous uh, uh, designer. So um, this is why he was uh, also really curious. Uh, so. During his life, he collected a lot of uh, objects uh, because he wanted to be curious. And he said to his student every time, if you are not curious, forget it. If you want to be a good designer, you have to be curious also today. And uh, this is why Achille tried to solve a problem uh, thanks to our daily object and that he collected during his life. And, of course, you can contact the Fondazione to book a tour of the museum yourself. Now, elsewhere in Parco Sempioni stands the city's main venue dedicated to design, the Triennale Museum. Among its current exhibits is a show dedicated to one company, B&B Italia. For its 50th anniversary, the furniture brand has put together a major retrospective. And we caught up with B&B Italia's CEO, Giorgio Busnelli, at the Triennale. 50 years anniversary is a, a very important uh, anniversary and uh, we thought that the best uh, way to celebrate was to come and make an exhibition on installation in the Triennale. The Triennale is uh, the place where the, the home of the design and uh, this year is very important because they restart the Triennale of the design after 20 years they will stop it. So every three years they will start to get a big exhibition. So to be here, not all can have the permission to be here. So only the company that have a long and fantastic heritage can obtain a space here. 50 years is a really a very important anniversary for the company. I was in this difficult but extraordinary adventure for 43 years. 50 years of uh, challenge, 50 years of uh, dream, uh, 50 years of delusion, but 50 years even of, of win. And I think that BNB uh, is still uh, thanks to all the uh, collaborator of the company, to the designer, is still uh, one of the best company in the design sector in the world. I think that the, the major fact that uh, keeps BNB still one of the best companies in the design uh, sector in the world is because when we start, we start with a great innovation in technology with the introduction of the polyurethane. But years in years, we get this uh, idea in all the things uh, that uh, we were doing in the sense that uh, we try to be innovative, to be innovative in communication, to be innovative in uh, design, in a product, in open a new street, uh, in advance uh, the future needs of the market. And even if you see this uh, anniversary of 50 years, we have done three important things different between each other, but they have this, they speak the same languages. 
That was Giorgio Busnelli, CEO of BNB Italia. The installation BNB Italia, the perfect density, runs through to Sunday at the Triennale. Staying at the museum, organizers there have put together several noteworthy exhibitions over the coming months dedicated to the creative arts, including one that celebrates the contribution of women in Italian design. Among those invited to display their work is Canadian-born Natalie Jean. A long-time resident of the city, Jean started her professional life as an architect but has quietly made a name for herself in recent years by working with jewellery. She took time out of her busy schedule to speak with us at her boutique in the city's Brera district where patrons are invited to sit on vintage Gioponti chairs before perusing her limited edition pieces that she makes in her workshop in the heart of the city. I moved to Milan in 1987. I was an architect working on like huge projects like skyscrapers and development of downtown areas, really big architecture things. I started working here in Milan at Sozzas and uh, it was mostly interior architecture projects for boutique and private residents and things like that. And from there, I'm, I opened my own studio, still working in fashion, boutiques, and things like that as an architect. And then I slowly started to move to smaller things, uh, more controlled things, actually, because I found architecture was really difficult to have perfect things like I wanted. So uh, I moved to design and then to jewelry. And I slowly stopped doing architecture, and uh, right now I'm doing only jewelry which for me is pure pleasure. The pieces are all perfect, which is what I've always wanted. So basically I found architecture a bit difficult because I couldn't control every single millimeter of the project. Um, I couldn't get the precision I wanted. And so this is why I really like jewelry now because we make the pieces. So I design the pieces, I make them in my shop and they're, when they come out of there, they're as perfect as can be. So what you're hearing here is the long chain from the Saphir collection. It was a collection that was based on um, the micro structure of the Saphir crystal. I mean, obviously it's all in my head and in the final result, you can't really see that, but uh, that's where it all originated. Uh, I make jewelry now, but in the end, for me, it's the same uh, job as I was doing when I was doing architecture or interior architecture or design. I mean, you could easily transform some of the vases I've done or a bracelet I've done. You put the pieces differently together and you blow the scale and it could easily become a Zadid architecture, uh, which has all been done by hand, though, not by computer. Uh, yes, recently I have this uh, piece at the Triennale and I was very honored because they put my necklace in an article in the Corriere della Sera between Andrea Branzi and the Vespa. So for me it was quite, uh, you know, an honor. Once you've had your fill of culture and finished your circuits of the park, perhaps you'll need a spot of carbo loading. I have just a place for you. Visit Refettorio, conveniently close to the park for a cheeky macaroni with cheese and black pepper. You've earned those calories. And that's Route 1 for you here on The Rundown. Let's recap. Route 1 is around 3.5 kilometers. The best time to hit these particular Milanese streets and pathways is bright and early or after work. The route highlight is undoubtedly the Triennale, as we have just been hearing. 
today's Nike Plus Run Club tip. Fit in some quality speed work by running laps around the Arena Civica. And to run further, head to the Duomo along the pedestrian-only Via Dante. On tomorrow's episode of The Rundown, Route 2, Porta Ticinese, and this will take you from the Roman columns of San Lorenzo to the very much 21st century architecture of Bocconi University. Next, The Rundown continues with Monocle's team in Milan to hear what's in store at Salone today and find out who's dropped in to meet the team. Come on, keep up! You're on the rundown on Monocle 24 with me, Robert Bound. I'm passing the metaphorical baton back to Marcus Hippie now. Thanks, Rob. This is going to be a busy day here at Salona. It's been estimated that some 300,000 people will take to Milan this week for a snapshot of over 2,000 exhibitors who are here showing their new releases. I have a couple more hot picks for this day. They are Salona Satellite and Euro Cucina. The former is a smaller space to the southwest of the raw fairground that's dedicated to up-and-coming designers under the age of 35. It won't tie you out as it's manageably small, but it's definitely Definitely inspiring. That is Salone Satellite. And then the other hot tip of mine for today is Eurocuchina, which is the industry's biannual showcase of kitchens from smart new materials for worktops to cookers, hob stoves and extractor fans. And this exhibition will definitely appease any appetite for kitchenware. But now let's continue with one designer who is going to be busy here at Salone, both with his Nike collaboration as well as a new lighting brand that is launched this week, I'm joined by Sebastian Rong, British designer and creative director. So Sebastian, the name of the game here at Nike's exhibition space has been that they've picked great designers from around the world, given them a theme to explore, that is the nature of motion. And then you have come up with something. And what have you got over here? Um, the piece of work I'm showing here today is uh, based on, um, uh, actually it's based on a futurist painting by Umberto Bocchioni, which was painted in 1913, called The Dynamic Movement of a Soccer Player. And uh, the idea was for me to, um, you know, what's interesting when on the, the first brief on meeting the Nike team was that they were referring to the designers as artists, which I thought was quite interesting. Um, and so I thought, yeah, okay, this is a great opportunity to do something which doesn't necessarily have to be uh, a design piece or have a function or a use or utility to it. So it could be more expressive and more, more, more of a kind of celebration on a graphic or a opportunity here to, to work with their knit technology. So it was taking this painting and to see how this could be um, expanded graphically and knitted into a structure and then uh, laid over to laid over a series of um, metal frames to create a seating platform, which is what we've got, which is six seats that are combined into a ring with a single pattern knitted structure hanging over it, which acts as a sling. It also has a, a reference to this this painting, which is about the emotion. It must be quite interesting for designers to get this kind of a challenge. Do you think you? learned a lot along the way. Do you think that's going to take you somewhere in your creative path? 
Uh, absolutely. I mean, the, the opportunity to meet new people, to travel to Portland, to, to meet the, uh, the Nike team there, to understand where they're coming from, have a little bit of a view into their world. It's all relevant in terms of creativity and design and industry and, you know, day-to-day living. And I think an enormous amount of us wear Nike shoes. So there's a, <laughs> it affects our lives in more ways than one. So, so for me, uh, yeah, absolutely. It just, mm-hmm. it's, it's, you know, more, 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 more information and knowledge. And how much did you learn about that knitting technology? I knit, well, I, I learned a little bit. There's a lot, it's, I mean, it's a science in itself. It's, it's a, it's an extreme technical, I mean, you know, it's, 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 highly complicated and specialist knowledge but the potential is there which is what is super interesting and I think there's a lot of examples in this shown not just with the designers work but with the evolution of Nike's um, uh, footwear and where it's going in the future as a concept can show really how this is, is super interesting and it's actually returning back to the basics where as far as I understand uh, you know athletes actually want to feel like they're not wearing anything on their feet. So it's to create the ultimate shoe, which makes you feel like you're not wearing a shoe. Sebastian, in other news here at Saloni, you're also launching a new lighting brand. Tell us about that. I am, yeah. I'm, I'm launching a, a new company called Wrong.London, which is uh, an evolution on the brand that I have had with Hay to date, which was called Wrong for Hay. And um, it's uh, lighting only, and it's a culmination of a sort of three years of working with Hay and Wrong for Hay. We agreed that um, the best thing to do for us was to actually sort of really focus on lighting and become a specialist lighting company with our opportunities and um, network in place, which we're growing and we have been growing over the years. We feel like this is a, a really a exciting moment for lighting in the industry and a great opportunity for us to really grab it and run with it so yeah it's our, our first presentation is is in uh, La Palota the show space in Brera and um, it's we've got a small space within Hayes very large presentation Sebastian Wrong just finally before I let you go we've been talking about your own projects over here now but if you were to pick something else that gets you excited here at Saloni what would it be? Uh, it's the food <laughs> it's all the design, but it's of course it's always uh, the, coming to Milan is a great pleasure, gastronomic pleasure, makes it all um, worthwhile. <laughs> Thank you. That was British designer Sebastian Wrong, who is launching his new lighting brand here at Milan this week, and has also collaborated with Nike at their own exhibition. Now, Rob, it's back to you. We're on the last lap of today's programme, but before we breast the tape, there's time to celebrate the best in design and the global focus on Milan this week. Every day on the show, we're running through some timeless design picks from some of Monocle's editors. Today is the turn of Monocle's editor-in-chief, Tyler Brule, who gets into the Italian spirit appropriately enough and harks back to the golden age of pioneering business products manufacturer Olivetti. When I think of great design objects and probably keeping with a bit of an Italian spin, uh, one thing uh, has to stand out and that is Olivetti. And and that's really not just, we're not talking about just an object, we're talking about a total brand. uh, And I think something which is not just a cultural icon because you have to think that here was a company that was responsible for generating some of the the best scripts uh, that were turned into fantastic films at uh, at Cinecitta outside of Rome. Uh, It was 
is certainly a company that uh, developed amazing uh, adding machines and on so many levels, completely transformed uh, the way we think of, of the modern office environment. This was a company which was at its at its leading edge. Uh, probably, you know, in its day, it was as innovative as as Apple. Uh, when we when we think about what the the modern office environment looked like, uh, and so not just from the physical forms of, of its typewriters, its adding machines, uh, of course, all of the other peripheral material that they made, but also just thinking about that outstanding Olivetti logo. So when I think of Italy, and, and certainly this time of year, when we think about design, Olivetti as a brand is one that stands out. Tyler Brulé there on the enduring design legacy of one of Italy's finest, Olivetti. And that is just about all we have time for on today's Rundown. More from me and Monocle's Milan crew every day until Saturday right here on Monocle 24. And that'll feature some insights along the way from the architect Tiziano Vudefieri. Today's show was produced by Tom Edwards and Toby Hammond, who also ran the desk in Milan, alongside Marco Sippi, of course. Special thanks, too, to Monocle's correspondent in the city, Ivan Carvalho. I'm Robert Bounds, and thank you very much for tuning in. <laughs>